Welcome to the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Carter, and I'll get you uh, to the guest here in a minute. So normally, Justin H. Williams hosts uh, this thing, but and he's much better at the readout. I don't even have a readout in front of me, so uh, I'm just going to tell you to uh, please rate and review this podcast. I think that's what I'm supposed to say. Uh, we also have a deal at On3, one year for a dollar. Yeah, I would say get a dollar bill out, but you can't pay cash. But it's not much on the credit card bill. For one dollar, you get a whole year. That'll cover this upcoming football season, basketball season, next spring, next summer, the whole whole nine yards. So uh, can't beat that deal as well. Uh, you can get this podcast on YouTube. Please uh, like our YouTube channel as well because that helps us out. And a little secret, we'll get a little side change every time you watch and like like the video. So, uh, with that said, we'll just get to what everybody wants to listen to, which is actual football talk. And my guest is from the ACC Network and ESPN. Uh, also has a very growing, popular podcast with uh, superstar Kelly Gramlich, <laughs> um, the Gramlich and McLean podcast. Uh, and they just did one with Dave Dorn, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, and also, the guy that makes me feel old every time I see him on TV, because I covered him at Jack Brett High School in Fayetteville, Eric McLane. Eric, how you doing, buddy? What's up, brother? Great to see you. I, I love any time I'm doing a podcast with you, because that means football season is here, and yeah. we finally made it. And uh, it's game week for, for a couple of teams in the ACC, so super excited to be with you today. Yeah, so what, how'd that work for you guys? Do y'all do uh, on the ACC Network? Are y'all going to get into studio on Saturday and break down the yeah. early games yeah you, you know what we're doing we're actually traveling to chapel hill so we'll be oh. there for week zero so we're taking the show on the road uh I, i'm going to pick up coach rick and we're meeting everybody there man we, <laughs> we can't wait we can't wait so we'll be hanging out there uh you know with the tar heels to start off the season um and really get things kicked off so it's good for us to have week zero okay cool well um you had dave doing actually it sounded like y'all recorded a dave doing interview over the summer and then, you, uh, you know what's funny, man? We recorded all of those episodes, <laughs> like with the coach thing, you know, because their time is just, it's crazy. So I'm right. sending out emails like June 1st saying, hey, if we could do an interview anytime from now to August, that'd be awesome. And, uh, you know, Coach Dorn and then we're like, yeah, let's do it right now. I said, okay, well, it's going to be two months behind. But it, that was the purpose, you know, just a preview. And, and so it was, we recorded that with him like, I think it was like June 10th. So it was a while ago. Yeah. And it just popped out recently, but a great story on the fish. So I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to give it away. So you listen to it. That's but right. He had a really awesome fishing story, which I hadn't heard. And I've, I've known the man yeah. for now, 10 years now. He had never told me <laughs> that story. So, um, but I wanted to kind of start there. It's it, it interesting to me on the podcast. He talked about that trip on the shoulder and he talked about Devin Leary not receiving the recognition maybe with the numbers this was before he ACC preseason player of the year mm. mind you talked about I think Peyton Wilson was another guy he, he brought up not getting kind of the love that maybe if he went to another school and I said somebody who, who who's not necessarily in the NC State family or and so you kind of have a little bit of that outsider perspective mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just kind of curious what is NC State kind of yeah, perception and yeah yeah, you have a point. You know, it's interesting is when um, I look at those guys and I look at the things that, you know, I've done is I've given them that respect, you know, because yeah, I watch, sure. I yeah. dive into it. And, and Peyton, 
has been my number one linebacker for two years now, you know, in the ACC and and just need him to stay healthy and need him to stay going because he's just a a freak of nature. And Devin, you know, the, 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 I think there was, um, you know, some wants and some push for him to be on the ACC teams a year ago. And, you know, the deal is they only come out with two. And, and number one, how do you not give it to Kenny Pickett, the first team? I mean, the season that he had. Yeah. And then Sam Hartman, you know, goes for 50 touchdowns. I mean, it's just at the end of the day, uh, you know, I, I think that it, it was just so much good play. And, and you even look at a guy like Armstrong, who had like almost 4,500 yards. So everybody, you know, wants their guy and, and their quarterback to, to do that. But now, you know, Devin's taken this step and, and he's emerged as, you know, really the guy. Um Man, I think that he's going to have just an unbelievable season. I think this Wolfpack team is going to have an unbelievable season. And, you know, really, it's funny. So many people have asked me, okay, after you went and watched them and after you dive into the tape, you know, what's their what's their weakness? And I don't think there is one. I think NC State is one of the most well-rounded teams. And I've said that for a couple of years now in the ACC, if not the, the most well-rounded. And so the biggest thing that I say with that is, staying healthy, something that you have no control over. It, it takes luck. And Coach Dorn even said it on our podcast, you know, teams that make these championship runs, that they have a little luck on their side. They have a little injury luck, and, and they're able to stay healthy. And I think, man, if, if NC State can just do that this year, I've said it multiple times, I think playoff is not out of the question at all. I mean, I think this is a team that there's probably 10 to 12 that are probably in that bracket to start the season. I think NC State's one of them. So, and, and you you watched them uh, on the ACC Network. You've done a tour of about half the ACC team. What stood out when you did get a chance? Besides Kelly Graham, uh, not Kelly, but um, Kelsey Riggs getting her, a bloody lip. And another part of the podcast, go listen to his podcast. Eric has a pretty good story about his own that's adventure. Right. That's right. But when you watch it, can you tell? I mean, that's one curiosity of, of mine. When you're watching these practices, is it easy to tell? I'm like, these guys got it, or these guys, uh, they got some work to do. And then your your thoughts about entry state. Yeah, you, you know what? I, I say yes, because um, you can tell right away if a team has guys, if team has dudes, and you just physically can see. And especially, like, it's probably a little bit different. You know, you're about to go to practice here in a second, so you see those guys. Like, you, you get to interact with them, you see them, but that's – probably the only team that you get to do that when I get to go to you know seven eight different stops I get to really compare and contrast and say man that this team looks really really good but I will tell you you can be tricked because you're only there for a day and a year ago I went to Chapel Hill and was blown away with the the size with the the athleticism and those guys just couldn't take a step They, they just couldn't you know get that next level and you know, it was kind of the same way this year. And so I see the athletes are there. Can Carolina do anything with them? Can they take that next step? That, that's going to be the biggest thing for them. But when I was looking at NC State, man, it, it's just so much talent, so much depth, so much experience. And, man, they practice like you want to see a team full of fourth, fifth, six-year guys practice, flying around the ball, taking care of each other, playing really smart, doing the things necessary to stay healthy. And the, the, the depth on defense is just nuts, man. It really <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah. I think you specifically the linebacker and defensive back position. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago where this team was just wiped out and, you know, so many injuries and so many guys had to play probably before they were ready. But now how beneficial has that been and, and how much has that really helped this team? 
And, and that's such a key piece of this thing is having, you know, playable depth and, and having when, you know, Drake comes out, who comes in and, and there's not a, a miss of the beat, you know what I'm saying? And, and so that's where I think this NC State defense has gotten. Um, offensive line looks good. Obviously, when you're replacing a guy like Big Icky, it, it's yeah. going to be tough. I mean, it just is. That, that's that's the way this thing kind of goes. But, you know, I, I think that they, they certainly have the pieces to do so. I think that they love having Big Chandler back, you know, and, and excited to have him and his eligibility. And, of course, Grant Gibson in the middle. So, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, just what does this run game look like? Right. Because it wasn't super efficient a year ago, and you had the first offensive player drafted in the NFL. And so, you know, what does that look like this year? I don't think that – I don't think you want to force the issue, but you don't want to be predictable, right? And, right. and you have a guy in Jordan Houston – who is is ready. I mean, it's his turn. It's kind of like Devin, you know, sat a little bit and now it's his show. And, and what can he really do with that? And, and then coach was telling us about Big Demi. My goodness, he was so excited about that guy. <laughs> so, you know, just w- w- what can it look like? But at the end of the day, just remember, you, you have the best quarterback in the league in Devin Leary. I, I would not be shocked at all if we don't see NC State throw it 40, 45 times a game and just let him cook. So that was exactly what I was going to ask. There obviously are questions about the run. Because you, you didn't mention, too, Bam and Ricky were right. kind of that one-two punch. And, you know, Bam mm-hmm. looking pretty good with the New York Jets up there. Um, so that's a talented duo you lost. But I remember when I talked today, he said, yeah, we want to be better in the running game. But with Devin, as you mentioned, do we want to force it? Should we just ride Devin? Right. And so it, that's a question, though. I mean, do you have to? run the football when you have Devin Leary, in your opinion? Or can you just simply, like you say, ride, if it's going well, just ride, ride the arm of Devin Leary? Yeah, the, the, here's the deal. The, the great teams, man, that they can do, they just have answers, right? That they, they can right. do whatever. If you want to take away the pass, okay, we can run it. If you want to take away the run, okay, we're going to pass it. And, and so it's always great to have that option. But if you don't, <laughs> Just sling it. Just, just do what you can. And, and hopefully you see a guy like Devin Carter really emerge as that go-to guy. And we saw how reliable he was a year ago. And you, when you lose a guy like Emeka Mezzi, who had so much production, it's got to be broken up somewhere. And, and I have to think between Devin and Thayer, those guys' numbers go up immensely. You've got a big transfer in and Jones, who, who came from Maryland, that you know body type-wise I think looks a, a bit like Emeka. Can he be used like him? Um, so it'll be interesting to see, man, just what their approach is. Can the offensive line and running back step up enough to where they have balance? Because that, that's that's where you want to be. But at the end of the day, they're going to do what they have to to win a football game. Yeah. You mentioned UNC. That was actually one of the few questions I actually write down because I don't do scripts. I told Eric that. <laughs> I just wing it, man. But um, I've heard this a lot. Like, NC State could be this year's UNC. Mm. Maybe a little bit overhyped don't live up to the hype. Obviously, I'm far for me to defend UNC on an NC State podcast. But, yes, they did have a losing record, but they were close. I mean, sure, could it be – if you were to say who were the three – the four best teams in the ACC last year were Clemson, Wake, Pitt, and NC State. UNC played three of them. They beat Wake. If they recover an onside kick against NC State, they beat NC State. And I think they went to overtime against Pittsburgh. If I'm from recalling yep. correctly, so they not they were not as bad maybe as their losing record points out. So I put that as an aside, and 
as my one time defending UNC on this show. But um, what are your thoughts about that when people say they might be this year's North Carolina overhyped, overrated? Uh, you know, what do you think about that? Yeah, the, the, the one differential uh, that, that is like the most glaring when I hear people say that is UNC's defense wasn't even remotely close to this defense. Like those, those guys aren't going to let that happen, right? Yeah. Especially that linebacking core. I mean, I, I think they're, you know, the best in the country right there with Alabama. I, I, if you ask me on a different week, I might say Bama. <laughs> yes, next week I'll say NC State, just kind of how the wind blows that week. But, I mean, when I see these – when I see – Isaiah and, and the the determination that he has, the grit that he has, the leadership abilities that he possesses, and then I see Drake, and then I see Peyton. I mean, they just they will not let that happen. And, and so for that, on that regard, you know, I, I see that. And then offensively, man, UNC just lost so much. Yeah. You know, they lost two, really three, unbelievable receivers that that were well over you know a thousand yards a couple of them and the touchdowns that they produced and you know then just two generational running backs and i know nc state lost a couple of running backs as well but those guys like they were a different level and what they were asked to do and what they could do and so when you lose all of that man it 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 was almost unfair of us as the media to say yeah they'll, they'll be right back you know they'll just replace those guys uh when, when in essence nc state doesn't have those problems. NC State has that core of everybody, you know, really that that's back. And and so, man, I, I think that they, uh, I, I don't think they fall victim to that. I, I really don't. <laughs> so you're not buying into the NC State stuff? No. And you know what, it's funny that you bring that up it, is the, the better I speak of NC State and the more hype and excitement I get, the more DMs I get. Hey, you know, calm down. That's that's what the culture of NC State is, man. That's that's got to change it. That's right. That's yep. right. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, you talked about. It. I agree with you. I love the balance of NC State. To me, that's kind of what gets lost when everybody talks about NC State. Let's not forget they have a good field goal kicker in Christopher Dunn. Um, Clemson game aside, last year, very <laughs> very reliable. Um, Great long snapper. You got a heck of a long snapper. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you really do have. A lot of pieces covered. What would be, besides health, because I think that's the number one, like, can you keep Devin, particularly when you don't have a proven backup quarterback, can you keep Devin Leary upright? So, besides health, what would be maybe your one or two biggest questions about it? Yeah, yeah, just that run game. I mean, just can can they get it going? You know, because when you do play a team like Clemson, when you play a team like Boston College, whose past defense was like third in the country, you know, when, when, if you get the opportunity to play a Pitt or Miami, um, I mean, they, they're going to try to take that away. Those those defenses are so good. They're going to try to make you one-dimensional, which in this case will be try to run the football. And, and so can you do that? Can you have options? Can you can you be, you know, balanced and have that attack where we, we as a defense, don't know, you know, a pass is coming each and every play where our defensive ends can just go nuts and hunt and go full werewolf mode. So when I see that, you know, that's going to be the thing, uh, at least to start. Now, listen, they might get in and after that Texas Tech game and throw the ball 50 times a game and just be killing people. And I'm like, okay, who cares? You yeah, know, let's, yeah. let's just do it. Um, you know, but certainly would love to see the balance. And then just, you know, production from that defensive line, um, you know, probably at the defensive end position. Can, can they, you know, really just get after it and, and, and try to pressure that quarterback? You know, again, you have so many great weapons that will drop into coverage and, and that will make, you know, that, that time clock 
uh, they're, they're not going to have places to go. So can the defensive line really establish and, and try to get after? Because I know this – I mean, the way this defense is structured, it's it's for defensive linemen to be more of bodies that take up space that these linebackers can go and, and feast. Yeah. But can, can somebody just emerge? Can Corey Durden build on what he did a year ago, you know, being a first-team All-ACC guy to end the season and, you know, build on that and, and just put two years together? Let's, uh, let's talk about some of the scheduling before I um, – I mean, we know you've been, I think, on the record about your ACC picks. I think everybody, particularly with the unfortunate Sam Hartman news, yeah. that kind of kind of puts weight. Although I did read where I think they're optimistic that he might be back this season, which, fingers crossed, you hope it's the case. But uh, with that unknown, I think a lot of people kind of pencil Clemson, NC State at the top. Um I've been going game by game with my predictions. I put up Clemson yesterday for our subscribers. I kind of went over my number one concern about this game for NC State. And as a guy who was at Clemson, um, who hopefully gets to see it this year, as you don't know, Eric is expecting on October 1st, <laughs> day of the game. <laughs> so um, it'll be worth it if you have to miss it. I promise right. it'll be That's worth right. it. But um, – I'd say both teams are undefeated. And I think Clemson's toughest game is probably Wake Forest the week yeah. before, which, again, we don't know with Sam Hartman in that situation. But Clemson's also had a pretty good run against Wake Forest, beat them pretty handedly last year in Death Valley. I'd say both teams are undefeated, which at that point probably means NC State is top 10, which at that point probably means this game is prime time. Maybe Absolutely. ABC prime time. You might be having game day coming there. Mm-hmm. Huge hype. What do you think an NC, this NC State team, having been around them, you spent a day there, obviously they're an old group, but they probably have never experienced something like a, a college game day night in Death Valley, watching the Clemson players run down the hill at 7.30 or whatever time it is. I mean, what is that atmosphere like? And do you think this team would be mature enough to handle something like that? You, you know, it, it's it's going to be nuts. And I, I foresee this happening, exactly what you're saying. I, I've, okay. I've talked about this many times. That I, I think that game has a great opportunity. Um, I, I think it's the ACC game of the year, but I think it has a great opportunity to be game day, to be prime time, to have all the marbles both sides. Okay, let's go in because whoever wins this game – you're 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 looking at a really good shot to, to postseason play, and then you're looking at you know championships, not you know farther than just the ACC championship. And I know nobody wants to get out you know too far of their skis here, but um, there's going to be so much hype around that game. The fact that NC State beat Clemson yeah, a year yeah, ago, yeah. I mean, it, the the atmosphere is going to be nuts. I, I agree with you. NC State will have never seen anything like that in these guys' career. You know, if, if this happens and if this is a night game and, and the, the loudness that's going to be out there. But at the end of the day, you're a mature team. You're an old team. You have to go in there with no fear and shut them up. I mean, just get the crowd out of it. And, and that that is like nothing else. I, I remember my season, man, 2013, we're, we're, I think, top five. Florida State was top ten. And mind you, this is one of the best teams of all time in Florida State. Right. They come in there and just punch us in the face. And, and it was – it was over from Jump Street. I mean, it was uh, we ran like 
five spacing, throw it to the tight end, fumble, next play, touchdown, Florida State. I mean, it was just like, whoa, what just happened? And so for that game, you have to understand that there's a storm coming and you have to be able to, to weather it. And, and can you deliver? Can Devin delivers? There we go. Can <laughs> uh, you, uh, you know, just, just take that? But it, it's going to be a fight. And this Clemson defense is one of the best in the country. I think this NC State defense is one of the best in the country. So at the end of the day, who makes a mistake? Who, who you know, shows sign of weakness and who can exploit that? I can't wait for that game. Uh, it, it's going to be so much fun. I, I think, as I said, it's going to be the game in the ACC, and every eyeball is going to be on that one. So let's like, say like Clemson and NC State one two. How big is the gap? I mean, let's say Wake has Sam Hartman. Let's say best case scenario, Sam is back. Yep. And, and ready to play all the important games. For, I don't have Wake's schedule in front of me, so I don't know who they're playing week one or two or something like that. But um, so let's say he's back. Best case scenario, and then obviously we got Boston College. They got their NFL quarterback back. Got Louisville who probably had the best quarterback nobody's talking about mm-hmm. back. Uh, Syracuse has one of the best running backs in the country. Is, is there really that big of a gap, though, between Clemson and NC State and the rest of the division? You know, I think last year showed that there is not. You know, I think that, you know, until Clemson, you know, shows at the quarterback position that they have improved and gotten back to their old ways – um, you know, I think that answer is no, but but that, that's a good thing. You know, we want there to be competition in this this league. You know, we want there to, you know, be parity or at least opportunity for parity. You know, you look at the SEC and you say all the time, well, you know, this and that, and, and it's still Alabama, but sure, but there, there is a random team in an LSU that comes out of nowhere and, and can do it. And Auburn every now and again yeah. does it. And Georgia looks like they have some staying power. So, you know, the, the biggest knock on, on the ACC that I've had since working here is that there has not been a consistent number two. It's been a rotating door. It's been who wants to step up. One year it's it was Florida State, then it was Louisville, and then, you know, it, it was North Carolina, and then it was Pittsburgh. And, and this again, this revolving deal of who wants to step up. And now it looks like it could be NC State. You know, it has to – it has to be a mainstay. It, it has to be in Wake Forest. I don't, I don't want to leave them out either. It has to be a consistent, you know, person that that is not only you know potentially playing in an ACC championship, but even if you're not, you're playing in New Year's Six bowls. Like you're going at a conference and you're handling business. You're not losing to a horrible Mississippi State team. You're not losing to Jacksonville State. You're not losing. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to be able to to fly that flag when when you go at a conference. And so. That'll be the biggest thing, and, and that's how that gap can continue to, to close, but at the same time, the entire league rising up. And, and so I'm excited to see it. I think certainly the answer is no. The gap is not that wide. But, I mean, we, we could be looking up December 3rd and be like, yeah, it's, uh, it's Clemson's league all over again. Or we could say, yeah, NC State did what we thought they could do. Um. And we got a couple opportunities early in the season with those Florida schools, you know, FSU playing yeah. LSU, Miami playing Texas A&M. That really, particularly in today's environment with college alignment and conferences, that could really mm-hmm. be a huge statement mm-hmm. if those two Florida schools uh, could step up. Let me ask you kind of a, a, a random question. Let's say uh, scheduling. How important is that? Because I kind of felt like last year, I think NC State got a little bit fortunate, you know, played Boston College without 
Phil Djokovic played Florida State without Jordan Travis. I thought Wake Forest had an awesome setup with their schedule last year, and the one ATC game they lost didn't even count with UNC because it was a non-conference game. Um, Kyle, how much do you look at schedule when you kind of evaluate, okay, this is how I'm going to pick pick the team this year? Is that something you really look at, or are you just kind of more focused on Jim and Joe's on the field? Yeah, I, I certainly think it's a variable, and it's something that, that matters. Um, you know, a team like Georgia Tech, man, it's, <laughs> it's uh, you know, hardest schedule in, in the country. And no, no, no question the ACC. And, and you just look at that and you say, man, what could it be if they didn't play Clemson or and Georgia every year? Like, what, what could this team look like? Could they go bowling? Um, and so that's certainly a, a factor and something that you look at and just how it lays out with home and away. Like, you know, the fact that NC State is ending their season at Louisville, at Carolina. I mean, that, that's a tough finish and, and they're going to have to go out and earn it. Um you know, to, to, to kind of finish the season and cap that off here with two teams that at that point, you know, I would feel like are either really high or really low. You know, it, it's something where you just, you know, really don't know. So it, it's certainly a factor that that is a small part of the, the equation when you're looking at it. But I, I don't think anybody would tell you that there's number one thing you look at is, is who's playing the game and, and players make plays and who do they have available? Who can they go out there and you know, get that thing done? Who had the, in the ACC, who do you think had the widest range? You just mentioned two schools, and it just popped in my head. The widest range of possibility. Because <laughs> I think Louisville is a, is a great answer. With Malik Cunningham, they could go yeah. on a huge wall, or, or, or if they don't answer some questions on defense, you know, struggle a bit again. And, and then UNC, yeah. we don't know what the quarterback is going to be like, but they got a lot back elsewhere. Um who do you think has some of the widest range of possibilities? Maybe hardest to pin down. Yeah, yeah. For for me, Louisville is the team of mystery. I just, <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know what to expect. I mean, they have an unbelievable guard. Uh, they have a, a quarterback that can potentially be in New York at the end of the season with the stats and the things that he can do. They've yeah. got you know a big running back that man it is just electrifying and and a defense that should be better and just the the lack of in the lack of consistency that they've had the last couple of years. So they're my team that I just don't know. I really don't. And I would have loved to have gone and seen them in person and be able to, you know, really, uh, you know, just expound on that knowledge and to see it with my own eyes. Uh, but until they kick off and they start with Syracuse, uh, so that'll be a nice little indicator from Jump Street because I think Syracuse defense is going to be really good. Um, I have no clue what to expect from those guys. And then the other team that I did get to see – uh, and, and that this maybe persuaded me a little bit more to think their ceiling might could be a little higher is Florida State. You know, I think they're a team that could win eight games or four games. It, it's just it's so weird that you just don't know, you know, what you're going to get. And, and that's why we play the game. Right. That's why we love this thing. And, and you've got to go see it. And who knows what could happen? You, you never could be quite sure. But, man, it, it's going to be something that. Those are my two teams that I just I have no clue where to slot them. So I just put them right in the middle. <laughs> Safer thing to do, right? Exactly. All right. Um, well, I got a couple questions left for you. You grew up in the state of North Carolina, so you uh, got a little familiarity with East Carolina, and you know how important that game's going to be yeah. for them when NC State comes to town. Any concerns about that opener being kind of, – I mean, ECU was going to play a bowl game. 
uh, got canceled, I believe, Boston College, if I'm yep. remembering right. So, <laughs> any con- minor concerns about NC? They've only won once in school history in Greenville. Any minor concern that it all goes crashing down week one at East Carolina? Yeah, you, you know, I, I think this kind of is similar to the are we the UNC of this year yeah. question. And so for me, no. Um, but I, I know the history. I know how important it is. I know there's like legislation that you guys have to play every other year, every three years, whatever it is. So this game matters, and it, it's going to be packed out. And, and you know, Greenville's going to be hopping. ECU fans are going to be going nuts. Uh, so it's going to be a great little test. Um you know, for them, but I think that this team's too mature, too good, too experienced to just allow something like that to even matter. Like, who cares? It, it's about us. I mean, I, I could. Well, that's great. We we've only won here once. Well, we've never played here. This team's never played here, and, and we're gonna, you know, add to to that, you know, total. So I've got to think that they they're not even thinking about them. They're, they're thinking about themselves. They're worried about what we need to do. And it's just unfortunate for ECU that they're the next up or the first up, you know, on this train. Okay. And then I got my last question, kind of open-ended, but when you were out there at practice, you're done with the day, you, you, you go to Medios or whatever afterwards, have a lasagna and, and maybe a, a, a water or whatever your preferred drink right. is. Um, what would your takeaway at the day? Like when you're thinking about, about entry stage, you watch the practice, you know, you had the chance to hang around. What would your overall takeaway when you kind of reflect back on it? Yeah, just, just man, th- this team is right there. You know, they're they're ready to take this next step. And and when I ask them, you know, just, just about the season and, and how excited they are to get back out there and, and that bitter taste in their mouth from a year ago, not being able to finish – you know, the way they wanted in, in, in a bowl game and, and against a, a big brand opponent yeah. and really just remind people who they are. So th- th- they are so close and, and, you know, just staying healthy and being able to take that next step and, you know, potentially getting to a championship game. What does that mean for this team's legacy? And what does it mean for Coach Doran's legacy? The massive, you know, extension that he just signed and, and a guy who's been there for 10 years. I mean, it's crazy to, to think that. Um so I, I think that the biggest thing when, when I think of this team is that it's time. It's time to, to do something. And that doesn't necessarily mean an ACC championship, a division championship, but it means a, a, a New Year's Six game. It means a big bowl game. We're, we're not playing, you know, somewhere where the game's before Christmas. You right. know what I'm saying? Like this yeah. thing needs to be on New Year's Eve or later. And, and so I think that that's the goal of this team, to be as competitive as they can, and just exert their their will and, and a great opportunity in week three against Texas Tech. They come to the to, to Rollywood there, and uh, you know you, you get to fly that flag for the first time out of conference against a big dog opponent that's going to have a great offense. And I think that'll be a a really nice litmus test for how good this defense can be, and to remind people that you know there there's some dogs hanging out <laughs> with the Wolfpack. <laughs> I'm just hoping that game against Texas Tech happens. I already wrote about this, but the last group of Power Five, quote unquote, opponents that were supposed to come to NC State, uh, Mississippi State was supposed to come in 2020. <clears throat> COVID, obviously, <laughs> eliminated that. 2018, it was supposed to be Will Greer versus Ryan Finley, West Virginia. And anyway, I believe it's Hurricane Florence. Yep. Kind of screwed that one up. 2016, Notre Dame did come right in the middle of Hurricane. Michael or Matthew, one of those. 
Yeah. And it was uh, 500 fans who didn't know better. I, I walked out of quite a friendly stadium. A tree had fallen down by the Murphy Center during the game. Wow. I, I think there were 13 yards of total offense. For some reason, Brian Kelly tried to throw the ball 30 times in that <laughs> game. Um, and that was 2016. I can't remember the last time a Power 5 game has actually gone off wow. in quite a friendly stadium. So Here we go. Here we go. Hopefully that game happens. So, Eric, I, I appreciate it so much, man. It's always good talking to you. And um, be sure to check them out. Check out the podcast. Go listen to uh, Dave Dorn's. Yeah, they just dropped the Dabo 21. So it's the one before that one, right? That's right. <laughs> so you can listen to Dabo too. I'm sure that one's entertaining <laughs> as well. But um, I appreciate it, Eric. Thanks for coming on, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, brother. Good luck this season. Thank you. Yeah.